Welcome to Shane Watch, a guilt-free dive in those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we, our guests, love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. And today, we're jumping in the driver's seat and drag racing straight towards that glass ceiling as we break down the patriarchy in my wheel. My heart is a wheel. My heart, heart, heart like a wheel. Uh, wheel. Uh, I liked my title better. All right. Uh, I'm James Fight. And uh, below me, without a screen, is... Olivia Cha-Cha Suarez. I am the social media manager and the host of Shame Watch TV. And I must explain that I do not have an image propped up right now because your girl got a, another chemical peel. So, hashtag skincare. Hashtag indeed. And next to her uh, on my screen is the one, the only, the master of all the archives. Kenny Madison, chief archivist of flatfilms.com. I don't know if you know this, but we're still putting a podcast out each week. That has not changed. You are listening to the proof of that. Yes. And above him on my screen is the fluffy, the lovable, the magnificent editor of our podcast. Aaron Salinas. Hey, gang. It's another racing movie. <laughs> another um, racing movie. Oh, yeah. Like Wild Speed one. Summer. God damn it. This had some serious uh, uh, it, family issues. We'll oh, say that. We'll jump oh. into that. Hey, I, I just want to ask... All of us, are we ready for our downloads to blow up? Because this is going to be far and away our most popular episode. 100%. We've is been, it? people have been chomping at the bit. They're screaming been out, begging us to watch this movie. When are you going to watch the Bonnie Bedelia Bow Bridges movie, Heart Like a Wheel? Oh, when are you going to do it? Oh, Give us bow. Give, Give us, us bow. bow. Give us, <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, would anyone like to recap this movie? Well, let's let's add a, a little bit of context about why the heck we're reviewing Heart Like a Wheel. Uh, because, uh, as we have been doing uh, recently, we have been spinning the Wheel of Shame. Wheel, wheel of, of shame. shame! That's uh, exactly right. Taking suggestions from our wonderful listeners, putting it on our Wheel of Shame, giving it a good old spin, and literally talking about whatever we land on. And we happen to land on this movie from listener John Rhodes, uh, which is Heart Like a Wheel, a movie which I'm pretty sure literally none of us have heard of. No. No. Did not know this existed. Correct. Nope. Uh, and in order to kind of explain it more in a little bit of context about why this is John Rhodes' guilty pleasure, why... We've got a recording from the man himself, Mr. John Rhodes. John, please explain. Why is this your guilty pleasure? Hello, Shame Watch. It's John Rhodes. I'm uh, recording this in a closet because my wife is in a meeting in our very small apartment. Uh, Heart Like a Wheel. Great movie. If there's one thing that uh, you all know about me, it's that I was obsessed with drag racing as a kid. Um, I wanted to grow up to be a top fuel racer. For a good portion of my childhood, 
I was even a member of the Junior Dragster Association and had a jacket with my name on it. And I still have it. And my wife wears it because it's her size, not mine. But I watched this movie so many times as a kid and even wrote a report on it in eighth grade, I think. Um, but I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. And revisiting it for this was an absolute treat. And I'm stoked that y'all are going to talk about it. Um, to me, it's a well-crafted film. Uh, and it walks a fine line on sentimentality. And it never goes quite too far. It's just the right amount of saccharin for me. Uh, the lead performances from Bonnie Bedelia and Bo Bridges are fantastic, and their uh, their chemistry together is electric and, well, it's dripping. It's a dripping chemistry. Um, also, the soundtrack slaps. Also, what a treat to see young Anthony Edwards looking hot in a fake beard. Uh, it's, it's just refreshing to see a film, let alone in the early 80s, where, you know, like a dad raises a daughter to be truly independent um she got where she got through her own insane ambition and not as not as the byproduct of a, of a man's success and it's interesting the the subplot of the husband falling apart over not being able to handle that his wife is stronger and more talented than him the fact that she doesn't need him uh just crushes him i feel like that's rare for an early 80s film um it's not a perfect film but it deserves to be a classic. This is my platform. It flopped hard when it, it was released, and it's still one of those films that barely exists. It's really hard to find. I mean, maybe it was the the fact that it was sold as a hot rod film hurt it, and maybe it's the soapy title that hurts it. But I think it's our duty to champion this film and spread the word. So that, if nothing else, Bonnie Bedelia will get the praise that she deserves for this performance. I think being tough and understated and Driven is so hard to pull off without feeling over-emotional, and she nails it. Oh, and the scene where she's on fire, and it ends with that zoom uh, zoom into her eye through the helmet. Uh, terrified me as a child, and still does. Um, but if you're listening to this, please find a way to watch this movie that isn't uh, the terrible rip on YouTube. Just buy the DVD or something. Ask Kenny for it. And tell your friends to watch it, too, so we can get Barney some praise. Okay, that's it for now. I love you all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, John. That was nice. I I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, and also, yeah, that eye shot was creepy as hell. Oh, shoot. I forgot to start my uh, backup. That's all right. Here we uh, go. Just start now. That's going to be in, just to let people know. <laughs> 100% that's going to be in. Uh, but yeah, John, thank you so much for sending that wonderful submission. That was uh, very heartwarming. I liked uh, everything you said. I also am glad we gave you a platform to uh, talk about your guilty pleasure. Yeah, Kenny, or maybe so not so guilty. Kenny, what was so great about that? Uh, what was so great about that commentary is how interesting <laughs> Uh, was so thoughtful. Uh, John is an outrageously talented video editor, an outrageously talented filmmaker, and whenever he makes a recommendation, uh, it's always super thoughtful. And Heart Like a Wheel is one of those thoughtful recommendations. Uh, like John said, uh, this film is outrageously 
hard to find because it is not available for streaming. Luckily, uh, your chief archivist is one of the eight people that has still signed up for the DVD program of Netflix. <laughs> so That's I was, true. That's true. I was able to procure this DVD from Anchor Bay Entertainment. Thanks, Anchor Bay. Yes. This podcast is sponsored sponsored by Anchor Bay. And it's surprising. You need anchors? Go to their bay. And it's surprisingly chock full of special features, including an audio comment, like an outrageously thoughtful audio commentary from the director uh, who explains all of the choices and explains the loose style that he went with. And then a lot of behind the scenes features explaining the context of Shirley Muldowney, uh, our protagonist that is played by Mrs. John McLean herself, Bonnie Bedelia. Woo! Honestly, my favorite last name of all names. I just think it's a fun name. Bedelia. Bedelia. I Bedelia. Just, I just really like it. Reminds me of those Amelia Bedelia books. That we- That's what it makes me think of, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, never heard of this movie. Wasn't sure what we were going to get from this movie. Did not realize this movie was a biopic. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, we all literally knew absolutely nothing about this movie. And yeah. since uh, most people probably have not seen this movie, why don't we do a quick rundown of the plot, shall we? Sure, James, go ahead. So we open with uh, a little girl driving no, on her father's James, lap. slow down. We You're start right. Universal with the 20th logo. Century Fox. Damn logo. it. I thought it was Universal. Yeah, twentieth old the 80s style. Yeah. Long before uh, Disney was the powerhouse that it is. Yeah, yes. Disney was actually in a bad period. Yep. The 20th Century Fox, well, they were in a good period. And that's history. Uh, but no, this uh, it starts off with... Um, uh, 20th Century uh, Fox logo. Young Shirley uh, driving on uh, behind the wheel, uh, foreshadowing her desire and ambition to race. Uh but it's a story about a woman who fights against all odds to prove that she too belongs in this, uh, I guess, boys club of racing. And throughout each stop, she has a lot of pitfalls. Uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, boy. Spent a lot of money on comedy. Wait a second. Aaron, are Uh, you moisturizing right now on the podcast? I thought it would be a safe time to do so. Hey, skincare? (laughs) Skincare is, like, is essential. And this is coming coming from your girl who is, like, crusty looking right now. I I I encourage... I felt skincare. a little crusty, so I, I encourage little... skincare, especially male skincare, yes, because important. men uh, are so reticent to be their most beautiful selves. It's just an odd time. My apologies, <laughs> James. I'm so sorry. As chief archivist, I had to step in and be able sure. to archive the moment of Aaron moisturizing. Uh, I yield my time to you. <laughs> yeah, it, this movie follows the story and life of. Uh, Shirley, who Cha-cha. joins, well, that's her stage name. Um, but uh, as she grows as uh, into the professional driver that she becomes, and the pitfalls that stop her from doing so, including two very toxic relationships, oh. and uh, just being surrounded by asshole men who are in power. Gosh. So, yeah, yeah, in it. I believe it starts in the 
mid seventies and ends in the early eighties. The... Yeah, it starts out in the fifties, girl. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Uh, starts in the fifties and ends in the eighties, um, and that you kind of follow her journey throughout that. It's I, listen. I'll say it now. I did enjoy this movie, despite men being trash. Trapped. Trash. I I gotta say I I did too. Men are tra- like uh one of my notes was let's see here where's where's my notes. Uh, Aaron well, is currently looking at his phone. Uh, Aaron, take your time. It's an audio medium. One yeah. of my notes was uh men are trash. The note after that was uh Bo Bridges is not a good guy in this. Note after that, mm. men are trash in more ways than one. Oh. Note after that, they are all trash. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, Olivia, for for reminding us that men are trash. They, and then they this yeah. are like as soon as I started watching this movie last night, that was the first thing I chatted to the guys. Yep. Like, <laughs> and then ten minutes after, immediately <laughs> again, I was like fuck men. <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. So let's explore that. Uh, why are men trash in this movie? I mean, we know why they're trash uh, in general, but let's explore just some of the uh, bullshit that Shirley had to deal with as she was entering in this new arena. Well, as a man, yep, I don't think I should say, <laughs> if I'm being real. Um, uh, Olivia, you want to take the, the first crack at this one? All right, so I'm... Even though you can't see me, you know that move where you're like stretching out both hands. Like, yes, yep, I'm like, yep, yep. Yes. I can feel it. I can I'm, feel I'm it. I'm popping all of my knuckles. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I do want to give some props to the dad in this movie because mm-hmm. he is probably, he and the son are probably the only supportive male figures in this movie. Yeah. Jack yeah. is yeah. one of those where he seems like a nice dude because he's encouraging he's encouraging his his wife to follow his dreams. But uh, Jack is Jack is her first her husband. First husband. Yes. Who uh, when we start the movie officially, uh, Shirley Muldowney uh, is dating a guy named Jack in high school. They're both in high school, yes. uh, yeah. and they get married immediately. Well, and he asked permission from her father, and her father essentially says, yeah, don't ruin your life for this guy. I still want you to be your own person. Which is shocking for 1980s movie. And and for that that that. attitude to be reflected in the 50s, because this is when that movie technically starts. So so Jack, you know, we're kind of like, oh, this seems like a good, he seems like a good guy. Um, But then, lo and behold, you know, they they get you know couples fight i totally like get sure. that but then it all kind of really starts with their disagreement about her whether or not they should go to detroit so that way they can get some endorsements is that what i is that what it was anyway and he's just i i i, I believe because they're looking to upgrade their car. right because right. shirley's got the gift she's a great racer and they're basically doing amateur circuit racing in in their town of schenectady New York and they're doing well but her husband is constantly going I think this is a pipe dream uh, this mm-hmm. is a this is a great hobby uh, but Shirley keeps bringing in money like an actual cash flow is coming into the house she works hard for the money 
And so so hard for it, honey. Exactly. So he better he should have treated her right. And in this in this mm-hmm. case, the I started getting irritated when she was trying to have a serious conversation with him as he was watching TV and he wasn't giving her her un, the undivided attention that she deserved. And I was like, that yeah. okay, that's kind yeah. of a red flag. And then, you know, we see them like kiss and make up when he's like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and build you a car. But then they're at they're getting ready for like the first race with this new car that that uh, Jack put together, which looks oh, it's such a clunker, but it's so it's so cool. (laughs) It's like the car. The car looks the car looks cool. But this is the scene where I think I was I almost I'm not going to lie, even though I enjoyed this movie, I almost stopped watching. Because this is when you see men at their worst. (laughs) And I love the, yes, I love these three men uh, that are, I'm speaking with right now, but I'm going, I'm going to sidebar and just say, (laughs) fuck men. Because in this movie, we see like, she's just trying, like, she's already the underdog because she is a woman and hell, she's amazing at what she does. And Everybody, you know, haters gonna hate. We see this fuck boy, Connie Collada. Don't even get me started on him. I will, I will die on this hill. He is the worst character I have ever watched ever on cinema. Oh. I will fucking pay thirty dollars to dunk on this asshole. You can, you can quote me on that because he's like. But, but you like the movie, so it's, it's not. It's not dunking. No. Oh, okay. You, you like the movie. I, I think you can hate characters. Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I just wanted to. Dunk okay, away. So yeah. I, I hate. Although I think because Aaron put on moisturizer and kind of distracted the podcast, you should probably donate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, no, this, no. That bit's never going to die. <laughs> Olivia, please continue. Thank you. So he's just coming in. He's like, you know, hey, are you here to watch your husband race? And she's like, I'm the racer. And then he's just, he's just a. He's a pig. He's a slime he ball. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah. well, if you want to have dinner with my wife and I, like. And like, of course, Jack comes back because Jack is trying to talk with officials about her eligibility and they find out that she's not eligible because of quote unquote some procedurals. And so, no. you know, we're, then he comes back and he's, trying, he's like, hey, like, why are you talking to my wife? And they, they're kind of like pushing him away. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, like, get rid of that asshole. And so, but then that's when Shirley's like, well, wait, I can't race. So she tries to challenge that decision. And the husband, mm-hmm. Jack, is like, well, maybe it's best that you don't. And I'm like, why did you build this car and start second guessing? Like, I, I don't even understand. And so she goes and she talks, to, like, she basically tells off, like, the officials. And they go, okay, well, you need to have three signatures, you know, to, to qualify. And I go, okay. To have, yeah, to have your license, right? That was, right. That was her whole thing. She exactly. wasn't a yeah. licensed yeah. driver. Right. So she goes around and these men are like, no. No. And one one dude is like, I don't sign things. And then he makes a comment about why don't you bring me some bacon and eggs? And I was just oh like fuck that guy. And then And we find out at a later time that that gentleman's name is Tiny. <laughs> and he's just just he's not pointing that out. He's not tiny, which is He's not a tiny individual. He's not. Uh as her father puts in the beginning of the movie, he's built for comfort. 
there you go. I ain't built for speed. I'm built for comfort. Shout out Howlin' Wolf. That was a great song. I've always loved that song. <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying, so she, she ends up going back to God, Connie and she's like, I need your signature. So he signs it. And then uh, we didn't mention this, but in one of her earlier races, she meets like this successful driver and he's like supportive of her. So he's at the race too. I forgot his name. Uh, the Swamp Rat. What was it? He's the Swamp Rat. That's all I remember because he was a Swamp Rat. He's a, a drag racer from Florida. Okay, I didn't, I didn't catch that detail, but he he's like, oh yeah, I'll go ahead and sign it. And then that's when Tiny comes back, Tiny the Bacon and Eggs guy, <laughs> and he's like, I'm not gonna sign it. I already told her I'm not gonna sign it. But then that's when you see Connie go like, oh well, I have your whatever that what was that tool? It was a torque wrench. A torque wrench, and he goes, hey, and so he basically forces him to sign it, and I'm just like. Okay, I don't know what this change of attitude was, but I know it's definitely because you want the V, let's be honest. And mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. she crushes it per usual. She actually sets a record like as she's trying to, you know, qualify. And later they're at dinner, Jack, Shirley, Connie and his wife. And she excuses herself and he ex uh, Connie excuses himself and he forces himself on her like the slime ball that he is and thank god she like pushed him but like oh my god and just throughout throughout <laughs> this movie like then then she has some sort of attraction to him because obviously we find out that jack is abusive um it's not great we'll dive into that in a second but um then she somehow you know because she has a partnership with connie like uh you know for racing he's the one that takes her out west and makes her, her be like become a household name. She becomes Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. But he dates like one of those races they're like kissing and it's just gross, but then he's like sleeping around and I just fuck that guy. I I'm sorry. I oh, he makes my blood boil. And maybe it's because he reminds me of some of the worst aspects of some of the people I've dated. That's it. Thank you for coming to my and He ain't even that cute, no! to be honest. Oh my god. <laughs> no. He's just a fucking asshole. Like not a man in the slightest. Like you don't treat people like that and get to call yourself. Uh anyway, if you to be a man you should just respect women respect and everyone. Women. Honestly, it's 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 yeah. all you have to do is respect women. It's it's not it's, hard. And, and not hard at all. Uh, Olivia, it's really easy, actually. You, you didn't bring up two of the key points that just really are the nails in the coffin whenever he uh, is on the way to the hospital oh. to visit Cha-Cha after her gruesome fire. And uh, he has a woman yeah. with her that he leaves in the car. <laughs> and then after that, he punches her to get his tools back. So yeah. this was not a good guy. He I, sucks no, I, ass. And then they hug at the end. And I'm like... Yeah, I hated like, that. <laughs> I hated that. Why? Why reconcile with that? Like, you don't need him in your life. There's no, no. Oh, fuck trash. that. Okay, I, I've said, I've spoken enough for now. Y'all continue. I, <laughs> I think the strokes of genius in this movie because this this resonates to me more than a lot of standard biopics that fit so much into those tropes. Is that these awful awful men are not completely two-dimensionally 
um, villainized as opposed to uh, the only thing that just comes to my mind at this point is like racists in movies that are set during the civil rights movement where they're just out and out toxic people uh the complicated thing about this movie is that these these men do awful things and at the same time there are moments where i was won over by them because there were times where they were supportive times where they were charming um and it makes it makes those lines so much more complex because jack is we've all seen biopics before so we know that this is going to be a trash man yeah um, yeah because that's how it follows in those movies that's how is, biopics work right but what is every every person of success has to have a toxic person in their life which i think is untrue but that is the trope of the genre yes and what is unexpected is the moments where he is shown to be supportive like yeah i'll build you a dragster mm -hmm. uh here's how we're gonna do it which is yeah, i'll sign your I, form i'll do yeah i, I see what you, yeah in a lesser film he would just be the villain and she would uh, be building it herself, but he is able to put his ego aside for a second. Be like, "Yeah, I I will do this for you." And then slowly, his own masculinity, he feels like it gets eroded away because she has agency. Right. And it's and and just the context of that time, like you you get it, but at the same time, it's completely unwarranted. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just kind of gets worse and worse but she but he starts off so supportive in the beginning like genuinely supportive and then just he loses his power and she right. gains power and the wonderful thing about the Bo Bridges performance for me uh, is that he's so awful and at the same time he's so supportive that support is always in service of trying to get that V mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. But th so much of that becomes uh, subtextual because you are. She is getting agency for the first time. She needs help. And they are able to kind of compartmentalize that thing. And he genuinely. Connie seems like a genuinely supportive person. And the, 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 the problem is that they hook up eventually. And, and that is just. Because he's a gross woman. Yeah. Me? And that's yeah. that's the challenging thing, right? Um, he's not just an out and out manipulator. Um, yeah, and the the biggest stroke of genius is how Bonnie Bedelia plays Shirley Muldowney because it would be so easy to depict this to depict her as a hashtag girl boss, where she is just bold and outspoken and uh she's a woman and no man's going to stand in her way and that's not how it's played it's a very internal performance it's not flashy it's not showy she's outrageously quiet and then comes into her power on her own terms while also just kind of having to fight every instinct of trying to be demure yeah, this the yeah. subtlety was definitely something that I thought was very notable. And I, there's one there's one scene where a reporter is like, "What's a beautiful girl like you doing at a, ra a racetrack like this?" And she just says, "Winning," like just very yeah. cool, yeah. like winning. <clears throat> she's she's not good in interviews. She's real bad. 
yeah. in interviews, which is such a lovely stroke. Um, she's not a she's not a hashtag girl boss. She literally just wants to race. Uh, she's not yeah. a representative of the entire community of women. She just wants to do her thing, which is so much more just so much more powerful. Like there, there's the very purposeful juxtaposition between her, I think, lying in the hospital bed after her big wreck, which is truly a chilling scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But she's after a, after that, and I think we'll talk about that car crash in a second. Uh, she's laying in bed and she's watching the battle of the sexes between uh, Billie Jean King and whoever garbage man is. And Billie Jean King has to represent every single woman because it's the battle of the sexes. And meanwhile, uh, Shirley Muldowney is kind of laying in a hospital bed and she's like, and no one knows who she is. Uh, And it's, it's a shocking juxtaposition. It's so wonderful. Yeah. I I think what I really liked about uh, Bonnie's performance in this is kind of like how you just said that she, she just wants to race. She, she just races, and I think that's kind of what sets, like, the real greats apart, is they, they, they just, they're really kick-ass at the thing that they're doing, like, and they mm-hmm. that's just what they want to do. It just so happens that they are superhuman at what they are doing. Like, you know, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, you know, Tom Brady, like, those those people are, you know, they have incredible work ethic, too, but they just want to, right, they just want to do the thing that they're really good at. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that's really hard to put in biopics because I, I feel like like even like on not an athletic term, but like like with like Ray Charles, arguably one of the, you know, top tier biopics of all time, it's it's seen as like, you know, like this 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 strange like powers that he was given and and that, you know, what he had to do. And then with this one, it's just like, she's just really good at it. And she just knows it. And I'll be real. I'm not really 100% sure how drag racing works. Like, I'm not sure what makes you, like, a really great racer. Like, I'd imagine right. it's like you having to be fearless. And, you know, when most people would push on the brake, you push on the pedal, the gas. I'm not 100% sure how that works. But clearly, she knows what to do. Like, she's really badass at it. Well- Actually, well, she kind of goes into it in that that interview towards the end on the phone. Yeah, where, yeah. Uh, she's like, "Oh, you think it's easy? Do you want to go 150 miles an hour with three G's of force yeah. going against you that. and any slight mistake?" Yeah, it was a great like, "Fuck you, dude!" Like, I know what I'm doing. You don't. And also, the fact that it was a phone interview was really smart. I thought that was really a really smart director's. Yeah, decision. it just holds yeah. on her face the entire time. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be a secret wonder where you're just like, they just let it play out because I, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Because that's the best version as opposed to cutting it between those things, as opposed to the showy wonders of now, it's just lets the performance play out. And yeah. another genius stroke is that the world never, the, the world of the movie never recognizes how brilliant she is. Yeah, yeah, and even at the end of the movie, whenever she wins the big race, because again, it still follows the tropes of biopics almost to a T. Um, but but even then, she doesn't achieve that catharsis of "aha, finally, men in the world recognize how great she is." Like it's still basically just the same, right? Yeah, right. Because men are trash. Because yeah. men are trash. They still and this, don't recognize. This world was socially constructed to serve 
white cisgender men. So. Yeah. 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 Hey, 100%. Kenny. <laughs> Kenny was waving. Yes. Uh, no one else yes. can see that. Hello. Those were not digs at Kenny and James, by the way, because they are two <laughs> of the most lovable white cisgender straight men that I've met. Fuck you, Olivia. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah i i think this this movie does so so much like and i'm really surprised i would never heard of it and i'm surprised like still to this day it's a film that's kind of hard to get your hands on like why isn't it streaming yeah. on hulu why isn't it streaming on prime like it's right it, i mean i mean and it really is, this is my argument for physical media because if it's not available on streaming the stuff is just not available period yeah. uh and i know mm-hmm. that it's difficult to get physical media uh it, it takes up space i get it i've got a bookshelf of dvds <laughs> he uh, does but that's it, that's the good. argument for video stores still existing because they're always going to have those things as opposed to the constant contract negotiations that go on with yeah. streaming outfits um and it's it's there is something lovely and it's it's a uh, dynamic that i've been mulling over for several weeks probably longer quite frankly because let's face it i think about blu-rays all the time you do that's a problem (laughs) it's it's a problem (laughs) but the it is not sexy to own DVDs and Blu-rays, and it's not sexy to own DVDs and uh, rent DVDs and Blu-rays. But it is sexy to own vinyl. Uh, it's sexy to have, but maybe not sexy is the right word. But it's accepted to have books. Like it's cool that people have books on a bookshelf. It's cool mm-hmm. that people have vinyl collections. But in terms of movies, I it is not cool to have DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah. It is not cool to have physical media. No one at a party is like, oh, shoot, dig your Criterion collection, man. I can't believe that you have Yojimbo. <laughs> is that a steel book of Jeff Bridges' best work? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Heart Like a Wheel is only available on DVD. As, as unless you find it on YouTube. Unless you find a rip on YouTube. Yes. Which I did. Uh, but I, I, you know, going back to John's point, like, I think it is our mission to, like, get more people to watch this film. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's a good film to watch. Like, and just to be aware of, like, I didn't know this person even existed until I watched this movie. Like, because it is a, a biopic, so, like, these things happened. Like it's just a small <laughs> nugget of history. I I wish those were the words at the beginning of the movie. The, these things <laughs> happen. It's not a true story, uh, but really. <laughs> but really, these things happen. Uh, Aaron, Aaron. So, um, it's really strange that this movie came up in our catalog, uh, on our wheel of shame, only because um, it it okay. It's kind of weird. Like I like sports. But I like watching sports like after the fact. Like I'm not going to be watching sports like every Sunday or, you know, every game. Like I'll admit, like I was watching, uh, you know, I think it was the 2006 uh, Argentinian basketball team face uh, Team USA in the Olympics whenever they won. So like I like watching like sports after the fact and like analyzing stuff and uh, analyzing the sports and stuff. Um, so like one of my favorite like YouTube channels is SB Nation where they'll do like a deep rewind of like special moments in history of sports. 
Um, and there's been a lot for female-driven uh, sports um, and, like, why they're not getting the same attention that, uh, you know, the men's count their counterparts deserve or their counterparts get. Um, and I got to say, because, like, Serena Williams is arguably the best athlete to ever walk this earth. Like, hands down, above Jordan, above Brady, above any man. She's Amen. the best. Like, regardless of her sport, just she's the best athlete, period. And whenever you think of athlete, you go to Michael Jordan. You go to Brett Favre, Tom Brady. You go to right. the men. I, I don't go to because Tom of Brady. Media. Tom Brady sucks. Yeah, Tom Brady's the worst. He's, He's a racist. bad dude. Yeah. Um, but you go the to, Patriots you know. suck. They're bad people. They're they're yep. cheaters, but they you go to those caliber of of men, you know, when you think of athletes, you don't think, you know, across the board, but and you know a lot of people are like, well, why aren't women getting the same treatment and payment in the WNBA as the NBA, and like from a business standpoint, there's just like there's no money there. They are honestly bleeding dry. They they don't have enough money. They're not making any money. And that's because we don't give women the risk, the, you know, we don't give the women the viewership. We don't watch. Right. I, I can't name five WNBA players, but I could probably name 15 NBA players that, you know, right. that's just my part as an American, unfortunately. Yeah. It goes back to media coverage because we only focus on the men. Exactly. And don't get me started on the women's uh, U.S. national team oh. because exactly. they're so much the better men. than, yeah. Hey, but it, uh, uh, I'll save the rant, but uh, they've won uh, actual World Cups. And, and the, men can't even qual- shit. the men can't yeah. even qualify. Yeah. <laughs> they, can't, they can't even make it past the first round. Yeah, uh, it's- as, as an ally, I'd like to know what Olivia thinks. I think you can't eat, uh, which is funny because you just told me to F off a few minutes ago. Uh, but, <laughs> but I forgive you because we have a really good... We have a really good understanding of respect. All right. Well, kind of speed yes. it up. This is <laughs> burning time. Okay. okay. So oh I agree with, with the points that y'all have made. I'm, I'm curious to know now that we've, we have seen this wave of this push for more women to be recognized, particularly uh, BIPOC women. Uh, I'm curious to know, even though Shirley Muldowney is a white woman, I'm wanting to know, do you picture this film being remade today? And if so, like how, what do you think would be different? She's still alive. She's still actively doing interviews as well, which I think was very interesting. Uh, Side note, she was not a fan of Bonnie doing, Bonnie playing her. She much rather had a, the, the, the queen of scream is Jamie Lee Curtis, but I think that's because she was the it girl at the time. Um, sure, sure. But I, I, I think we. I mean, drag racing isn't really a popular film, a popular sport right now. I'm still kind of confused as to how it works. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I'm assuming it's whoever is the fastest wins. Um, but yes, I, I, I growing up, I actually had a friend that was kind of interested in racing. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, Wyatt Jackson was his name. It's still is his name that that hasn't changed um and one of the things just hanging out with him and being around him one of the things that i learned about racing is that it's about going fast uh in the immortal oh. immortal words of sonic the hedgehog gotta go fast yeah check I'm, out that episode 
Or or like yep. Talladega Nights. If you ain't first, you last. So I'm, oh, I'm assuming. Sh- so you gotta go fast. Cry when I said that. That's what she said. <laughs> But yeah, I I think I think it would be much more accepted today. I'm not sure who I would cast. I I'm not sure because I mean, John Hamm comes to mind for (laughs) oh for uh, uh, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I just want someone kind of who's not necessarily slimy, but I want someone who can look slimy. Like let's John Hamm is a beautiful oh, man. John Ham can play yeah, slimy. Can. I would. But want, he looks real sm- slimy. I would want a slice of ham for Connie. For yeah, for Connie, not Jack. Oh, okay, Sorry. yeah, I can see him play Connie too. Uh, because he is, he's charming, but also he could be sleazy at the same time. And there is a natural. I I think Ham is so naturally charismatic, to begin with. Mm-hmm. that you could be attracted to that and then as he gets slimier and slimier it just like oh yeah it was there the whole time i could see so i know christian bale was in ford versus ferrari but i could see christian bale as jack oh. for sure mm, yeah yeah i'm with yeah. that yeah that it, and it, it comes down to who plays cha-cha i i don't because i feel like you need uh shirley shirley sorry cha-cha real smooth <laughs> That actually, uh, uh, because I loved when she was on that cooking show and that cook cop kept calling her Chacha and she's like, no, my name is Shirley. And she had to keep doing that. I just think that's a really good metaphor. Yeah. Or uh, the bullshit that w- women have to put up with. Anyway, Olivia, I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. I forgive you. I, th- you. I think if they were to remake this, I think the tendency would be to make surely way more outspoken i could see that yeah as opposed to what i think is brilliant about this movie which is that charlie is so so soft-spoken um and i would want that to be preserved at all costs because there is something to me so much more powerful about someone quiet that is also breaking the system open and at the same time it doesn't require you to be brave it just requires you to be taking the next step and just going to do the thing and being like thank you and moving on to the next thing personally i would cast olivia thank you yeah hear me out i like olivia as a top tier choice what about Haley steinfield oh i could see that right i like I haven't seen her in a lot of things, but you know what I have seen, I do enjoy, and I think she could, she could, she could bring a nice spin to it. Have you seen that movie? I could be wrong. Have you seen that movie she's in? It's called Edge of Seventeen. Uh, no, it's on my oh, no. She's. I've heard have, Aaron, wonderful things. Oh. No, I have okay. not. Okay, she has. Yeah, no, it's it's a great movie. She has kind of like this. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I may be wrong, but like she has this like attitude that is like sometimes pronounced, but sometimes withdrawn, and I think that that would translate pretty well. A better example would be like kind of the attitude she has in the beginning of um, Begin Again, which, by the way, I did a commentary for on Patreon. You should check that out. Um, She plays just somebody who is, you know, just kind of coming into her own and and has this quiet strength but is that unravels in a way that's not so ostentatious 
And I, I, I just, I'm a big fan of Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, I I think she could, because like if this was like made in the early two thousands, I would probably say like Lindsay Lohan maybe. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> nice, but hell she did yeah! Her, well, her she did fully, her loaded. fully loaded. <laughs> hell yeah, yeah, Olivia, you know what's up? Yeah. Oh, so I might be no, biased towards that. I've, I've got it. I've who? got who should play. It should be Amy Adams. Give her yep. that Oscar. Yeah. Okay. Not just to, not just right. to give it to her because she actually actually fucking earns it like she deserves it yeah oh, yeah. yeah give her the oscar I mean, for the rival? muppets come on oh, like. yeah. <laughs> she's great in the muppets me party is like the jam of 2020 i'm having a me party me party <laughs> uh give her the oscar for enchanted yes oh enchanted was so good so good I forgot about that. Give movie. her the Oscar for uh, playing uh, Karen in Talladega Nights. No, she, no, that's the that's the cheetah's name, not the cheetah. That's the cougar's name, Karen. What's her name? Isla her Fisher. Name? Is that her oh. doppelganger? No. It is. I'll, uh, yeah, she. Yeah. What's her name in Talladega Nights? I don't know. I haven't seen that in a very long time. Why haven't we done a Will Ferrell month? Great question. That's uh, I'll let that sink in. Listeners, uh, if you want us to do a Will Ferrell month, uh, type uh, hashtag will they, won't they. I like that. and But also, we need to do a month that's dedicated to women. So, Street Timber, anybody? I know that's something we have yeah, talked about. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Get some Street up in here. Yeah, just so we can talk about Mamma Mia. Yes, yes. To that. Mamma Mia. I mean, I need uh, an excuse to watch it, so yeah. But anyway, yeah, I think this move. I think the adaptation for like a modern day heart like a wheel, it, it's like y'all said, it would be a little bit more accepting. But I was curious to know what if it was made today, but with that same kind of like the same time periods used, though. Would it just be like what Kenny said, where where Shirley would be a little bit more ostentatious? Yeah, I, I think they'd also, like, make a point to be like, look at all she's facing. Everyone's looking at this one moment. And then once she wins the big title race, then it'll be like, wow, sexism is solved. Yeah, yeah. That that's my biggest fear, especially, like, like that's why I hate Green Book. That's why I hate, Green Book. you know, by, by the numbers or hidden figures, excuse me. Like, I, I it, it's... Unfortunately, it, the masses will be okay with the ending and feel like it speaks to today. And I, I just right. like gr- with Green Book, racism is solved. Let's mm. not forget the fact that you know Mahershala Ali's character's actual family is suing the producers of Green Book for uh, uh, for his portrayal. Yeah, for yeah, they thought it was an inaccurate like slander. Depiction. Yeah. Damn. And like they're just trying to cater like the take on YouTube does a wonderful thing about uh, white savior complex and how, you know, those narratives just damage. Oh, the help. Uh, the, God. Yeah. The help. Yeah, God, that was awful. God. Uh, Kenny, if I may be granted a sidebar. Sidebar granted. Uh, granted. Thank granted. you. You're welcome. Uh, I appreciate you giving me 
time. Okay, we got to hurry up. Uh, this is Olivia. an audio medium. I. <laughs> 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 In June, whenever the internet decided to worry about racism, racism myself included, uh, they were circulating so many. Hey, watch these black films. Watch all mm -hmm. of these black films because Black Lives Matter. Watch, watch these movies. And it was stuff like uh, 12 Years a Slave, Glory, uh, The Hate You Give, uh, a litany of things talking about the struggles that black people go through and film critic dominic griffin was like these movies aren't for me like i i know my life is bad because dominic griffin uh, happens to be a black man and he's going i i'm not going to watch these movies because these movies aren't for me like it just reminds me of my own experience of how awful my life is and all of these films are just framed as black people suffering yet again yeah. And so we were all circulating all of these Black Lives Matter playlists, and they all just happened to be, or a lot of them just happened to be movies where black people were suffering as opposed to trying to celebrate black art, celebrating BIPOC art, <laughs> uh, and also telling a different story at the same time because the thing that has been sold to uh white dudes like me is that the black experience is one of pain and struggle and certainly it is and also life has so many different facets but we're still uh, as us kind white liberals are we're still placing people of color into these uh and and women as well as these folks that are constantly struggling uh let's keep telling those stories and also give them the keys yes yeah yes yeah. please uh, my favorite was my favorite one of my favorite recent moments was um when Issa ray was announcing the nominees for best director and she's like uh congratulations to those men or like oh. she was just basically calling out the oh. fact that like yeah like we need yeah. to celebrate female filmmakers we need to celebrate uh female scientists uh y'all little women ripped the greta Gerwig yeah. little women Slaps so oh. hard oh it was amazing my lord and <sighs> i cried that 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 movie was genuinely my favorite movie of last year and it's so frustrating that she did get the acknowledgement that they that she rightly deserved Greta always gets kind of shafted when it comes to director, doesn't she? I remember, was it, uh, mm -hmm. uh, what's her name from Easy A, La La Land? Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma Stone. Whenever she was giving the uh, award, she said, these uh, along the line with Issa Rae, she said, these five men, along with Greta Gerwig, have, have, she was like, she's, that's the only person she named because she know more than likely, because she's a woman, she's not going to get that honor. Yeah. And and it yeah. got just all just women directors in general, like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, still probably one of my top films of 2019. I, I'd probably put it a little bit past Parasite, and that's because I love Parasite. But Portrait of a Lady on Fire was so was gorgeous and just it was just wonderful. But but we we don't and that that, that was kind of my point with the like with the WNBA stuff, like I actually was just watching this morning that uh, 
like because I know the biggest argument for like women like not wanting to watch WNBA. Well, they can't dunk. It's not as exciting. It's just layups and and jump shots. Nobody wants to see. It's that. Like, um, I'd and like then, to see you try to do that. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But women I didn't realize dunk? that. Well, yeah, that's what I was real re- learning that they were kind of like brought down. They were like, hey, that's women don't do that. Do not dunk. There's women in high school that are dunking. There, it's not like a size thing. It's not a muscle thing. It's they were told, "Hey, don't dunk." In fact, Olivia like, was dunking earlier in the podcast. <laughs> uh, not, technic- not technically, not technically, because I liked the movie. Oh yeah, girl. I'll shoot. You were not dunking, but also you were dunking, and girl, you slayed. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks. And and women, but women we, be dunking basketballs. Yeah, and we don't give we we. It's kind of like like with small businesses. We want you to do certain things, but we don't want you to do them so well. Like, and we don't want to watch right. you succeed either. We don't right. want to, you know, we want you to be able to do these things, but just enough so you can say you're able to do these things. But we don't want you to find success with it either. Right. And we want we want to make sure you hit the ceiling and stay there. Yeah, and we want you to because know we can't a get ceiling. you out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's we, what I really we want you to know that one. we're above you. Exactly. And that's why I really liked Heart Like a Wheel. Like it it was like she was like, Oh, cool, there's a ceiling. Well, I'm just gonna drive through it and you guys yeah. try and keep up. Hell like yeah. it was like it was just so empowering. And I didn't even realize that she got into another accident the same year this was released and then won another oh, championship like a few years after that. What a boss. Damn. Like for real. She was really a badass lady. And that was the other thing. Is Lady Offensive Olivia? I feel like it, it is, de- the way they kept saying it, it. It depends on the context, yeah. In this movie, yes, because it kind of signifies, like, just that inferiority that is attached with old attitudes about what women can and cannot do. Now, like, I don't usually have a problem with the term lady if, like, obviously, like, if I'm... Remember when we used to go to theaters or... You know, and the announcer would be like, "Yes, in the before yes, times." But it would yeah. be like, "Ladies and gentlemen," you know. Okay, that doesn't really okay. Yeah, that doesn't really offend me, or um, you know. And I'm glad more people, more industries are acknowledging the need for for unisex bathrooms. So it's does it's not explicitly um, ladies and men um, or men and women. Mm-hmm. But in this context, in the film, it's because lady is kind of tied. It is tied. To just like the attitudes of it being an insult, and that's what infuriated me. Like, just watching yeah, this it movie. It sounds derogatory. Like when they would say it, I'm like, I don't like how they're saying "lady." Like, <laughs> I've I've never known that word to be offensive. But then again, I'm a man, so I, I can't. Right. I, I don't have. I have that privilege. There. But that's why I was like. Eh. Yeah, I I know I my like women friends friends um they. there's a whole spectrum of women who kind of have different attitudes about that word. I'm kind of more in the middle. So I, I, I say it kind of just depends on the context. There are women who just hate that word outright. And then there are the more conservative women who are like a lady is, you know, just tied to elegance and class and, you know, Things that should be proper, but in a sense, I don't like that either because it kind of upholds those existing attitudes. So right. it's it's yeah. it's complex. Yes, can you- this is uh, if the court will permit me, I'd like to go on a brief tangent, not a sidebar. 
because this is completely oh. unrelated to the discussion uh, at this moment. Granted. Uh, tangent allowed, yeah. Permitted. Yeah, I, I, saw, just, I saw you shock, your shock face. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So just on a whim, I looked up the cost of a DVD of Heart Like a Wheel, and the cheapest one is still $39. Ooh! Wow. Uh, All right. Like the the price for the most recent DVD brand new is fifty seven dollars. Is this like new or used? Uh, uh, That's new. Used is forty bucks. Wow. Uh, And I just rented it from the DVD Netflix uh, with my twenty dollar a month subscription. Uh, Awesome. So you saved money. Very much so. Wow. Uh, but perhaps critics thought that they could have saved their money and not seen heart like a wheel. Uh, let's go to uh, the podcast's fourth favorite game, the Rotten Tomatoes game. Wait, did you ever read a review at the beginning? Say. So the Rotten Tomatoes game. <laughs> he's he's <All> swerved. Right. <laughs> that was hey, a, yeah. That was a good one. A... Uh, oh shoot! Where's my copy? He's losing control. <laughs> <laughs> can it? Oh, we can't hear you. You can't. We can't hear you. Muted. Why am I muted? You're okay, not, now you're not muted. muted. I was looking. Well, at women are constantly muted in this society. So. Oh, uh, boom! <laughs> Hard truth dropped by Olivia. Ooh. So the Rotten Tomatoes game is a game where I ask the panelists in front of me, which just happened to be James, uh, Aaron. And Olivia, to guess two scores from the website RottenTomatoes.com, a critical aggregator that takes all submitted reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, and assigns a percentage on those. Rotten Tomatoes is not indicative of a film's quality. It is just a percentage of how many people either like a movie or dislike. going to be asking our panelists for two scores, uh, one being the critical score as well as an audience score. Starting with our critical score out of a whopping 10 critical reviews because this movie (laughs) was released in 1983. Uh, Starting with Olivia Chacha Suarez. Out of 10 reviews, what do you think the approval rating is for Heart Like a Wheel? 10, 10 reviews? 10? Um, I, I'm not sure, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot and say 65%. 65? Why 65? I don't know. I feel like some critics liked this movie, and then others probably found it too saccharine. So Olivia says 65 Mr. Salinas? I'm going to say 80. 80? 80%. And I, and, and I hope I'm I'm under. I, I, I hope it's higher. But I'm going to say 80 because I think it was a very surprising film, if I'm going to be honest. I liked it. It was it was interesting. I thought it was going to take me a minute to get get into it, but no. Um, there's a Howlin' Wolf song within the first five minutes. <laughs> Big fan of that. But I, I was just... I was pleasantly surprised because i didn't know about this film to begin with i didn't know about her i still know very little about drag racing um but uh bo bridges is in it too so i'm a fan of that but i yeah 80 feels right but i think i'm under uh 80 feels right to aaron but he still feels like he's under james how do you want to play this game well i was gonna say 80 dang it 
But now I'm going to go higher and Dang say it. 87%. 87% playing on Aaron's fears of hopefully being under. Yep. James is playing the game strategically. I'm a, I'm a shark. I go for that blood. Well, much like in Jaws, uh, this shark has exploded all over Roy Scheider, making chum in the water and certainly making everything much uglier because no, no, all three no, no, of you no, 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 are drastically under. Wow. Really? Percentage is 100 percent. What? Is this the highest score you've ever had? I think that's a perfect score. I think it might be the highest score that we've ever had. We might need to consult the sheet that Alan put together for us. Alan, thank, thank you, you, Alan. Alan. Thank you, Alan. A marvelous sheet of all of the Rotten Tomato scores that we have done on the podcast thus far. But I believe Heart Like a Wheel. Uh, hundred. It got a hundred. Got a cool hondo, baby. Wow. Oh, granted, there's only 10 reviews that are still. still that's too really impressive. But perhaps the audience looks on this a little bit more poorly. Starting with Mr. Fight, out of 2,172 audience ratings, what do you think the audience score is for Heart Like a Wheel, directed by Jonathan Kaplan? 87%. 87%. Now, why 87%, Mr. Fight? Uh, I just think I need to stay the lane and drive ahead. That's right. Lane, hopefully past and future guest. Yes. Uh, Lane, please come back on our show. Come on the pod. Mr. Salinas? Lane, come back on the pod. Um, Point Break is still one of my favorite episodes of all time. Uh, <laughs> I love Point Break. It's such a fun movie. <laughs> we talked 45 minutes about Avatar. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> but anyway, um, I want to say 92. 92%. I think people responded to this, responded well to this movie. Sure. And Miss Juarez? Oh, sorry. Uh, detective? Yes, I would say 75% because like like a highway, it's the consistent speed that hits all the right notes for some audiences. <laughs> um, however, some people probably did not like this movie. Probably, obviously, like maybe sexist didn't enjoy this movie. So uh, I, I'd say 75%. Certainly. Uh, well... James, you are walking away with the award for the audience score. The correct answer is 82%. Ooh. Wow. Wait, who? You do, James. You no. won. I said 87. No. I was over. You, you can't go uh, under. Just without going under. Yeah, oh. I went under. Boy, howdy. I, uh... <sighs> well, Aaron, you I'm were... I'm hungry. I didn't eat food, uh, so I'm a little lightheaded. Anyway, continue. Aaron, you were really quick on trying to make sure that James was playing the game right. Uh, you trying to correct him that quickly. I just wanted to make sure he was, he knew he was victorious and he deserved that win. Look, because of that rude attitude, I'm, I'm going to have to penalize you 30 bucks. Oh my God. <laughs> and notice how none of them are trying to uplift me during this period of defeat. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, and one of the reasons that I, uh, could uh, did not throw it over to our usual segment, the context, is because I found exactly one negative review from one user on Rotten Tomatoes. But no, the, obviously we got a hundred percent, so there's no negative critical reviews. Right uh, on Letterbox, there are eighteen reviews total. 
this is the only negative review that I was able to find in a review <laughs> from user Yonuts Daniel P. <laughs> Published July 16th, 2009. Oh, oh, and I quote, Sanu vad which apparently is Romanian, which according to Google Translate, uh, means not to see women at the steering wheel. Okay. What? That's the review. What? One so, star. Uh, he gave it. He gave it a bad review from by pressing play. He was already uh, mad at this what movie. The like Olivia said, sexists do not enjoy this movie. They don't. And they and, well, and they won't get to enjoy me. No. Cha -cha -cha. Uh, that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rock and theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. Finally. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this very pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. Now, Kenny, remind me, uh, what's that $10 level? Well, James, I'm so absolutely glad that you asked. What you can find at our wonderful $10 level, which is also known as the Midwest tier of Shame Watch, uh, is everything that you can find at the two, five, and seven dollar levels, along with a monthly picture, uh, a nice picture of one of our hosts' feet, along with a nice haiku written either by Aaron Salinas or James Fight, uh, and not either me or Olivia. Only Aaron or James will write the haiku. Aaron, what's at that seven dollar level? You're going to get everything from our past tiers along with mm -hmm. a, uh, a headshot of Olivia? Yes. Nope. Oh, wait. Well, technically, yes, but that's not the exclusive sure. perk. Uh, with, uh, you're going to get. You get behind the scenes. There we go. You're going to get some BTS. Uh, and you get to vote in certain polls that we will do eventually. Uh, Olivia, what do you get the $5 level? $5 level, you get my headshots, which by the way, I haven't taken any right now because again, I'm, I'm, I had a chemical peel, but I promise you, you can either have them customized so I can like mail them to you personally, or I can make a download, like an easily downloadable version. So let me know $5 patrons. I'll probably set up both options anyway. And also at the $5 level, you get to hear the pre-show bits that we put out uh, before every episode. And honestly, they are amazing. They're usually anecdotes about, you know, my hot mess dating life, or we mm -hmm. make a lot of dick jokes. It's great. Yeah. Uh, this one's was like an hour long because we just talked to each other. But uh, it's not a bad thing because I love you all. But uh, at the two dollar level, you get to uh, get access to our exclusive Shame Watch TV hosted by our own Olivia Suarez, and you get to listen to our commentary episodes and our marathon episodes. Really, all the 
episodes that are exclusive to Patreon. And we also get to shout out your name on the podcast, which I will do right now. Starting with Kenny Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Aaron O. Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Of Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Of Leander, Texas. Bradley McPherson. Of Tulsa, OK. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. Of San Marcos, Texas. Irene Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. And Nolan Barger. Of Austin, Texas. Hey, James. Oh, I need to change that. Yes. He lives uh, in Oklahoma now. Yep. Speaking of changes in the Patreon, uh, I noticed mm-hmm. that you haven't put our newest goal up there, mm-hmm. uh, the $5,000 oh. per month tier, <laughs> uh, uh, which is something that correct. I'm personally excited about. If we're able to successfully get to $5,000 a month, uh, and again, it's just to clarify, we only have to hit that for one month. You can cancel after that. No. Uh, if we, we hit $5,000 per month. We have to maintain it. Once. We will be able to record our brand new podcast, The Jellicle Minute, where both myself and Mr. Fight will be going through the <laughs> Tom Hooper 2019 classic Cats a minute at a time. The Jellicle Minute, if we hit $5,000 per month, please tell friends, please tell please. family, because myself and James are so excited to start off on this. I'm not excited. Don't put words in my <laughs> mouth. So I hate that movie. Hold I hate on. that movie hey, so that much. Hey, commentary he... coming up, by the way? Oh, yeah. I uploaded, I uploaded it to the drive like a Is while ago. Patreon? No. I don't know. Aaron, did you put on Patreon? Oh, I have not listened It's going to it. be up, folks. No, so I... at least sign up for the $2 level so you can check that out. Yeah, you get to hear me suffer through an insufferable movie. I hate that movie so much. And at, it doesn't make sense. And at $5,000 a month, we get to watch it a minute at a time. <laughs> so thrilled to do Was that 120 episodes? No, it's like two hours. Wait. Yeah, no, 120 episodes. Sure. At least the first season will be, yeah. No, no. We There's other versions of cats, James. No, that's not what we agreed on. To account like the one with the Judy Dench hand, the one that yeah. we saw. <laughs> no, no. We're gonna have. We to. said one movie, and that's it. 120 episodes, and that's it. I'll pull up the the text we'll if see. I have to. No, I'm. Until next time, I watch this now. Wait, James, wait, 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 wait. Uh, Aaron, can you say this real quick? What's a beautiful girl like you doing at a racetrack like this? Potting. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, that was the quote I, I was going to pick. So good. <laughs> no, good call. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Until next time, our watch is now ended. Dive Better trash. Risk. We didn't even talk about Aaron's boy, Dick Miller, in this movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>